0: Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise, and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 10. And I thought I would celebrate our 10th episode by giving you my top 10 tips when securing your next or first donor or sponsor. So grab a cup of your Door County coffee and do a little coffee cheers with me (laughs) through your headphones and let's dive on in. So getting donors, it is so important. It's the lifeblood of our organizations. This is how we run, how we function Because whether we like it or not, money makes our world go round, friends. And we always are going to be needing more money so that we can grow our mission, that we can pay our people, that we can be making a bigger impact on the world. So we have to get really comfortable with asking for donations, with getting really comfortable with fundraising, with getting sponsors, with the whole kit and caboodle. Okay. So, but it's really intimidating, right? It's always intimidating when you're trying to ask people for money or for things for in-kind donations, because as I always say, fundraising is basically just sales, except instead of selling a product or a service, you have to sell a like warm, fuzzy feeling (laughs) to people, which is like 10 times harder to do. Because you're like, no, 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 I promise like all these great things will happen, but also like I'm selling you a little drip of dopamine and serotonin and all these things that you should really love if you please give our organization your time or money. So way harder to do, but obviously, as you can guess, a lot more heartwarming and <laughs> fulfilling for us to do. So in this scenario, let's say that you have already picked out your dream donor Right? Like, you know the person or the company or the brand that you really want to work with, that you want to target for your next donation, your next partnership, your next sponsorship. Um, Operation Alone is so blessed and so thrilled to have many amazing brands and people that work alongside us to make our mission come true. And That's gone through a lot of years of hard work and really just a lot of relationship building, trust building, communication. And so I thought I compiled my top 10 tips as to how to reach out to someone new. So once again, you've identified this new brand, this person or this company aligns with your values. They have something that's going to help move your mission forward and you're ready to create and ask for them. So tip number one and this might sound counterintuitive to you but this is like the most important thing it is not about you (laughs) fundraising and asking for donations is a check your ego at the door sister friend get it out of here Because it is all about your donor from here on out. This is everything to deal with them, nothing to deal with you. It is the donor first, and your mission second. Okay? That maybe sounds counterintuitive, because you're like, no, but it's like, you know, we're fundraising for the mission, we're trying to further the mission, we're doing all these things, and yeah, you're right, but it's, it's about them, sister friend, so... You have to make this all about your donor. I love outlining and in, spon- in like sponsorship proposals. Like th- you have to really lead with the benefits for the sponsor. And again, benefits beyond a good old <laughs> serotonin dopamine drip. Like what are the benefits for this person or this company that you can offer to them? And also I really when you do this, like Get specific and get creative about the things that you as an organization can do and offer to them to really make this deal worth their while. Because again, you're asking for free money for hugs and rainbows and smiles and sunshine. Okay. So some things that I've done a lot in, like the Miss America organization, for example, I sit on three different local boards in Wisconsin and Illinois And one of the things I love doing with these sponsorship proposals is I will also offer a soon-to-be sponsor, depending on the size of the ask, like a certain number of tickets to the next year's show. (laughs) Not knowing that we would not have a 2021 show, (laughs) but I would offer tickets to the next show. Uh, I try and go a lot above and beyond uh, social media posts because although it's important to tag and shout out and do all your sponsors, that's becoming... I'm not saying it's becoming worthless but it's like such a an assumed perk if you, a company is going to donate to you or sponsor your organization that you're going to shout them out on social media to the point where it's becoming like white noise you know what I'm saying so I would be really cognizant, I mean like definitely do your social posts and I've even seen uh, when I was following around Tiana Vander High when she was Miss Wisconsin in 2018 trying to get sponsors for the next year, she outlined for them the number of social media followers they had on like every single channel because they were really impressive numbers. Uh, So if you have strong numbers with strong social media feeds, you can definitely like add your numbers into it. But that's a really anticipated thing people expect. So I wouldn't get too hung up on social media posting but like what else can you offer them what other advertising space can you offer them can you uh talk about them and work them into a speech that you're giving do you have tickets to an event do you have seats at a fundraiser that you're hosting uh can you make them a sponsor of a particular event and so now the language is always um you know uh, can't even think of something good. Um, you know our virtual gives back with Kendra Scott. Uh, gourmet wishes for the Make a Wish Foundation, sponsored by uh, the Ki Convention Center, and uh, one of their one of their golf outings for Make a Wish. As I say this, is is literally called the Johnsonville Sausage. <laughs> golf outing like in Sheboygan like can you offer them really prime like name recognition on a sponsor event to the point where it's now the name of the event uh what can you really offer them what is the benefit for them that's not the assumed one so like you know it's a tax deductible donation well duh of course it is you know like what can you do above and beyond make it all about the donor love up on your donor uh start there. Number two, then (laughs) after you've outlined all the benefits and all the magical things for your donor, then talk about your mission. Then talk about how their money would impact your mission. Talk about how that money would, uh, you know, help you get more hospital beds for the children than ever before and send out uh you know 100 meals to uh, people in need in your area how is their money going to be used and paint that picture for them now make it a part of your mission be like your 100 is going to provide 100 meals in the Wisconsin area. That sounds ridiculous, because you can't make a dollar a meal, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, paint them a very clear mission of what this money can do in the world of impact, and you'll see a very different response from your donors. All right, number two. Your goal should always be to make a relationship with your new donor, not a transaction. Uh, we have a really good episode coming out, I believe, next week with Megan Noble from Kendra Scott, which has been one of Operation Not Alone's like, favorite partnerships that we've ever created. It was creative. It was fun. It was something kind of new for us, and we've absolutely loved working with the staff at the Madison-Hilldale store. Um, huge shout-out to them. Their brand is just incredible. And she says this a lot in her episode, like she, um, because Megan gets a lot of donation requests, you know, sent to her as like the philanthropic manager for the Midwest and her, and it's so important to her that this is all about a relationship, a, a true, like, you know, a constant, not like a constant everyday basis, but she wants to be hearing from you. She wants to stay in touch with you. She wants to know what's up. She, it's one of like her things she talks about, like do not be the person who comes in February 1st, asking for your donation for your event and say, okay, thanks, see ya. And then she doesn't hear from you again until when? The next February 1st. Do not just go to your donor uh, one time a year. Be like, hey, it's donation time. This is what I need from you. Are you going to give it to me again? And then peace out. <laughs> Make a relationship with these people because I promise they want it just as much as you want it. And you can come up with more creative, loving, happy things for your organization over time if you have a consistent relationship with them and you don't treat them like a transaction. Okay, number three, (laughs) on that note, make your ask very specific and get very clear. Like you should have a very distinct goal when you head in to ask for a new donation or sponsorship the first time out. Um you can't go into any type of business and I don't know if this is just like a very Midwest thing because we all have that like Midwestern nicety to us. Uh where sometimes I've gotten in the habit, especially when I was younger, I would say I would kind of tiptoe around my ask and then wrap it up with, but whatever you can spare. But whatever, whatever you've got, that would be great. Like, whatever you could give would be awesome. <laughs> like, almost like saying, like, if you have some spare change, you know, in the in the cup holder of your card, that would be great. I'll take that. That's awesome. <laughs> don't do that. Like, you have to be specific. Be clear. Um, and don't be afraid of your ask. You know, even if it is like a $50,000 ask, well, $50,000 when asked to the right person, Ain't that scary. <laughs> um, $50,000 to a uh, quick trip and gas cards mm, might be a little bit more of a stretch, <laughs> but you never know. So be very specific about the goal that you have for that donation. Like if you really need, uh, you know, $10,000 in cash, like, you know, understand that yeah, maybe if someone's offering you a coupon to a uh, you know, an ice cream down the street, it's probably not going to get you (laughs) closer to your goal. Nice gesture. Not going to get you closer to your goal. So, um, and especially this is really important. This is going to kind of flow into tip number four. So, and again, this is a sales tactic that I've picked up over the years. So I've worked in sales in conjunction to uh, my nonprofit life. I would say for like three, four years. Uh, and I am not talking about the eight years I spent as a waitress because talk about sales. Am I right? Can I get like a server bartender friend to give me like a little hell yeah in your earphones? Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> um, so I spent quite a few years in sales, one at Door County Coffee and Tea as their uh, marketing and sales assistant and then also at a content marketing firm in Madison that I did in-house sales for marketing and PR professionals. This one is really important and it used to make me super uncomfortable. It is give people a stake in the ground to negotiate with because that's a big part of selling, right? Is the negotiating process. like, And again, fundraising is what? Say it with me selling, warm, fuzzy feelings. Correct. A plus to you. So give people a stake in the ground to negotiate with, but don't be ridiculous about it. Like if if your real goal that you need from someone is $500 cash. Okay. If that's, that's the goal, that's what we're looking for. I would, if you can, and really obviously read out your donor, I would give them a stake in the ground of maybe $750. OK, if you want to feel a little ballsy about it, give that as a stake in, in the ground be like, you know what? We are really looking for a cash donation. We need this monetary value to, uh, you know, purchase X amount of hospital beds for the children, uh, meals for, uh, you know, meals on wheels on wheels, whatever it is. So give that ask to them. And then let them come back at you and say, "You know what? I I can't I can't do 750, but like let me give you $500." now you're right back to the 500 that you actually needed out of that transaction. You're not going crazy. You're not saying, I really need $10,000 from you, Jack, <laughs> and being like, whoa, now it's too scary. Now they can't even think to live up to it, so they're not going to give you anything because they think they're not even going to get close to that $10,000. If you need 500, maybe ask for 750. dollars and you can even say, if, the, if you can notice in their face, in their body language, that they're a little uncomfortable, be like, you know what? Like, we can negotiate that down. Like, you know, that's a different story. Like, treat this like a sales process, not like a you're you're begging for a loaf of bread to feed your family process. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, Let people have that negotiating power. Let them have that upper hand because otherwise, if you don't give them anything, it'll give your donor anxiety to make something up. Uh, You want to make this as quick and easy for them to just say yes or no, or sure, I can do that, but I'm going to bring it down like a little bit. You can't just go in and say, well, I need a cash donation. And they're going to look at you and be like, okay, cool. What? Like, how much money do you need? And you're like, whatever you can give. You've given them anxiety. You've given them too much to think about. Like, make this as smooth and quick and easy as possible. So, again, if you want to go in there and your goal is $500 and you ask maybe for like $750, again, they can negotiate. They can come down. They can flat out say no to you, or sometimes they can just surprise you and hand you the 750 Now you're over the goal that you needed for your donation. And honestly, more kudos to you. Another hospital bed for the children. Um, so give people a stake in the ground to negotiate with. Tip number five, and this one is like one of my favorites. Also get very creative with your ask. Do not be afraid to get creative. Don't be afraid to also pivot. Like if you're talking to someone in person and you can tell just by their face, by their body language, you know, maybe like you ask them for $500 cash and it's kind of uncomfortable and they're like, you know, I don't know. Like, don't be afraid to pivot. Give them another option of something that they can donate or just get involved. Like maybe that is donating their time. Maybe that's more important to them. Don't be afraid to pivot within that, but also get creative. So small story time. I remember being an intern for the Make-A-Wish Foundation in Northeast Wisconsin. And that office uh, for the state of Wisconsin was really a hub of fundraising, A lot of fundraising and mostly just signature events came out of that office. So there were four main signature events throughout the year. They poured everything year round into getting ready for these four events, right? And at each of them, they have really elaborate, like uh, silent auctions, raffles, baskets, uh, the whole kit and caboodle. And then they had a really swanky live auction. And I'm talking like, a week's vacation in a cabin in northern Canada, dinner for 10 with Mason Crosby and his wife kind of swanky live auction. Uh, things that would go for tens of thousands of dollars in this one setting. Really big deal. Now, every fundraiser was different and the live auction stuff was different. However, one thing stayed the same for all of their signature events. And that was this thing that they would auction off called the wheelbarrow of booze, which as you can imagine, it was literally just a wheelbarrow filled to the brim with alcohol bottles because we live in Wisconsin and know your market. <laughs> uh, that makes it sound bad, but it was a really big hit. And I remember getting ready for one of the events because uh, I worked with them or I interned with them for a full calendar year. And I can't remember what event this was for, but they all happened in the summer. Like they were a June, July, August back-to-back events, and so I can't remember which event this specifically was for, but they had a donor that was supposed to have provided all of the bottles of alcohol for the wheelbarrow, and when I say that the wheelbarrow was full of alcohol bottles, I mean like filled to the brim with like full-size alcohol bottles, not like little shop bottles or whatever. Um, They were pretty full, and I forgot necessarily what happened, but somehow that donation fell through. The person was not able to donate as much as what they thought and then the stuff that they did give was like leftover stuff from like their Christmas party. So there was like a gingerbread liqueur, there was like uh peppermint schnapps. There was stuff that you just wouldn't auction off in July, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then it wasn't the qu- the quantity that they uh, you know were anticipating. And so now it was like a week before the event and they were kind of panicking because it was like what do we do now to fill this wheelbarrow? And so they'd given me a couple of gift cards that had been gifted to them to some local grocery stores. Uh, Cause one of the <laughs> main things I also did for them was like run a lot of errands. And so they were like, here uh, take these gift cards, you know, go to pick and save, go to festival, like whatever it is and just get as much like alcohol that's like on the cheaper side, but nicer, but like within this gift card amount, go. And it didn't get very far. The wheelbarrow was not getting full. It was like this big, weird form of stress. And so we were working on College Avenue in Appleton. I kind of had a weird idea. (laughs) And I asked my boss, I was like, hey, I was like, this might sound weird. I was like, can you give me like an hour? And I want to go try something new. Give me an hour. I'll be back and I might have some alcohol for us. She was like, "You have a little bit of a crazy look in your eye, <laughs> so I'm gonna let you go." But fine, try something new. So being on College Avenue, which is like the main road in Appleton, and Appleton's a pretty large city for um, well, I think Wisconsin in general, but Northeast Wisconsin, like it's a very nicely medium city. So in Wisconsin, that means there's like a bar every other building (laughs) it was like restaurant uh bar hair salon bar hotel bar this like i'm painting wisconsin in such like a gross light right now i'm so sorry but that's the reality of what it was and so we started walking into these bars literally one by one down the street and i would walk in with a really simple elevator pitch which was like hey uh well first i would ask to speak to a manager which makes me sound like a full-on karen but whatever You do what you got to do. And so I would ask for the manager and I would explain, be like, hi, like I'm Susan. I'm working for Make-A-Wish Wisconsin. Uh, We have this fundraiser coming up and it always has this one auction item for a wheelbarrow of booze. And we we're kind of actually lacking a little bit for that. Do you just have an alcohol bottle that you can donate, um, you know, so that we can fill up this wheelbarrow for this auction, for this like huge fundraiser so that we can make wishes come true for children with life-threatening medical conditions in our area? And it was so rare that these like bars were being asked literally for just a bottle of booze because normally bars like that are getting asked for just straight up cash donations or a gift card donation or um, coupons of some sort or like, a you know, just to, to host a certain number of people or happy hours or whatever. It was kind of rare to just go in and ask for a straight up bottle of liquor. And because bars also have to build in so many bottles into, uh, you know, I don't know, just like excess stuff, breakable stuff, whatever. A lot of them didn't think twice. And they were like, it sounds weird giving (laughs) this amount of alcohol to a a children's themed charity. But they're like, yeah, go for it, whatever. And all of a sudden people started handing me like cases of alcohol i'm not even exaggerating (laughs) like full on case they would grab random bottles and like yeah we're gonna we'll give you one of these and we'll give you one of these and all of a sudden i came back in a few hours with like my car filled with like Three or four cases of alcohol, like more than enough we needed to fill out the wheelbarrow just because like one by one I walked down these bars and I was like, can you just give a bottle of alcohol so I can build up this big old wheelbarrow so that we can auction it off and make like $10,000 for the children? people didn't think twice. They thought it was funny. They thought it was engaging. I was like, we'll list your bar like on, you know, the, the number of contributors, like it'll be super great. They thought it was funny. It was creative. It was weird, but I just, all I had to do was walk up and down that street bar by bar and the thing was filled. So get creative (laughs) with your ask. Don't also ask places for, what they probably always get up hit up for. So like I wouldn't necessarily go to a winery or a brewery that always is being asked for free alcohol and free bottles of their stuff cuz they're probably really annoyed by that, but try and pivot it. If you can get a little bit more creative with your ask and so it's not the exact same ask that that they're always hit up for, you'll also kind of raise a little bit of their antenna you know uh and then your ass is going to stick out a little bit more your name is going to stick out a little bit more your organization will stick out in their minds and it'll really honestly be a a win-win for everyone and then sometimes you can get a very creative wheelbarrow of booze maybe for your next event to live auction off who knows (laughs) Running a business, working your nonprofit, or just simply making an impact takes a lot of energy, which means you need the drink of champions. Coffee. Specifically, you need Door County Coffee, a gourmet coffee roastery on a mission to bring you the best coffee on the planet. And that isn't hard when they only roast the top 2% of Arabica beans grown in the entire world. Try any of their medium or dark roasts, like my personal favorite, the Heroes Blend, or you can try one of their almost 100 delicious flavors like Highlander Grog, Frosted Cinnamon Buns, or Vanilla Crème Brûlée. They ship all across the country, so try your first pot today by going to doorcountycoffee.com and using the code IMPACT for 15% off your order. That's I-M-P-A-C-T for 15% off at doorcountycoffee.com and get caffeinated today. All right. tip number six. You probably have heard before, but it is so important that it bears repeating. Be confident and humble in your requests, both verbally and written. Um, obviously, Humble, I think, goes without saying. You can never walk in anywhere and just expect a donation, um, you know, and anticipate money in your hand. It doesn't work like that. And that would be pretty rude of you to do. (laughs) But you still have to be confident in it, which kind of dives into my next story. I recently was cleaning out my email, like, I don't know, my email inbox. And I found a request that I had sent to a woman who is a pretty big deal in our Wisconsin pageant community who was living in Boston at the time. I believe this was like 2015. And I was asking her to do some mock interviews and like some hair and like walking help with me, just like uh, over, honestly, back then, I want to say it was Skype. (laughs) Funny how technology ages itself so fast. But Anyway, and she was like a really big deal, and I was super intimidated by her, and I hadn't won a title at this point in the Miss America organization yet, so I I felt like a really big nobody, and so I sent this email, and I read it the other day, and I did nothing but cringe. (laughs) I was so uncomfortable reading this email, because it was so annoying, because it was it wasn't by any means humble it was just like riddled with insecurities and being annoying it was like hi you don't know me but i know you and a lot of people have told me that i should work with you and i want to ask you for this like my interview and if you don't have any time we totally understand but it would be really great if you made some time and anytime that works for you will work for me and i'll make anything work but it would really be great if i could it was so annoying. It, it was so wishy. It wasn't even wishy-washy. It just was like, I will make anything work for you. It was so desperate. It was so insecure. I'm sure for her, she was like, this girl is already like email number one. And I'm, I'm annoyed with her. So be humble. Absolutely. But be confident you know, be, be confident in the mission that you are working for, be proud with the organization that you are representing and say, you know what, I think that you would make a really great partner for our organization, make a bigger impact, like push our mission forward. I would love to work with you. Like, is this something that we can talk about? Is this a discussion that we get to have? Don't act like, like I said earlier, like you're begging for the change in the cup holder of their car that we all have. Uh, Don't don't be that person. Like, be humble. Don't be pushy. But be confident, Uh, which kind of leads me into our next point, which is. Uh, obviously, this is a lot easier to say in a pre-COVID world or at least a post-COVID world. Obviously way harder for someone to say no to your face than it is an email. Do not be afraid of walking in. Like if especially if it's like a store or a person that you can actually meet face to face, like talk to them about it in person. and the probability that they will say yes will dramatically. Increase. It is so much harder for people to say no to your face. So in a non-pandemic world, if you can get in front of them, get in front of them. All right, next up, tip number eight. Uh, so this one goes, is these next couple really go down to the root of a written request. And I would say probably email more than like a, a letter. I really wouldn't encourage, I guess like snail mail a little bit right now, but for emails, again, this is another sales tactic, and this is something that I've really kept with me and still do for asks to this day, which is the last line of your email. End it with a strong call to action regarding your ask. And also, I personally also will bold this line and maybe some other like key aspects in the email. Uh, don't... <laughs> Don't do that too much. Don't like bold half of your email. But, you know, sometimes I will bold or underline something like I need a response back by this date or we are asking for. Uh, you know, this exact thing, whatever it is. I'll, I'll bold a few things in the email, but I will always bold my very last line. So I went through the pleasantries. I went through, you know, the background of the organization, why we're a great fit for each other, what I'm asking for. And then the very last line of the email is my call to action, which I, shouldn't be your ask. Like you don't wrap up the whole email with, so when can I expect $500 (laughs) direct deposited into my bank account? Don't, don't end it with that kind of ask. I'm saying end it with, and this one is kind of my favorite. Can we set up a time within the next week for a phone call to discuss further? Or, you know, to meet up and coffee, you know, I would love to buy you coffee and discuss this like further. So it's bold. <laughs> it's the very last line of the email. Cause most people's eyes will drop down, you know, to the very end of it, but it also gives you a time limit. So I'll always say within the next week or within the next two weeks, depending on, on what I'm doing, what I'm asking for. And also what is that final call to action? Is it a phone call? Is it a response? Is it a coffee date? Like, what is it? So, you know, right now for operational alone, we're working on this really huge campaign that's going to come up in January of 2021. Cannot wait to talk about it with you guys and share a little bit more of what we've been planning. But a lot of those emails I'm sending to different places so that we can partner up is can we within the next week, uh, you know, set up a phone call so that we can set up like the best date for you in January or talk about this uh, prospect further You know, and within that, it's like, I would love to promote your brand, bring in new clients, like have this be a great fundraiser for us, clients and promotion for you, bada bing, bada boom, the whole thing. Uh, But the very end of it is, can I, or like, are you available in the next week for a phone call? Super as simple as that. Um, And then right after that is just like my thank you and the signature, like the very end of the email. Strong call to action centered around your ask. Get them on the phone in a non COVID world. Get them in person. Um, okay. Moving on to number nine. We're almost done you guys. So, Do not, this should be like kind of obvious, but do not send a thousand copycat versions of the same letter or the same email to people. It is so obvious that it's like a mail merge or it's a copy and paste job. It's so obvious to the donor and it is so easy for them to just like hit delete. Okay. It will take a lot more time to customize your initial email or letter or whatever it is, but it will so be worth it in the end, I promise. If you can show that you have researched that company, that you have taken the time to make it this customized email reach out proposal, whatever it is, it's gonna be noticed. You might think it might not be noticed, but it will be noticed. Would you rather send out a 100 emails okay that was like some copy and pasted bowl uh, and maybe get like a $50 donation from it or send out 20 emails that were really customized that were really special to those donors that brought back $500 it might be more time but it'll be worth more in the end I promise you that and kind of on that like caveats like Tip 9.5, stand out in any way that you can. I know that we're in a COVID era right now, so you can't actually like walk into storefronts, meet with people, you know, in person, but stand out in any way that you can. Just sending an email really doesn't cut it anymore. Like people are so deep in their phones and their computers and their tablets. And there's like very virtual world that we have to try and get someone's attention within the white noise garbage that our technology has created for us is going to be next to impossible. So whatever you can do, to try and stand out to your donor and get their attention do it um you know for example i you know people really like lumpy mail so don't send like a regular letter you know like a standard like just you know something on a letterhead that's flat my god do not send a postcard or a flyer especially when we're in like an election time it's just like it's gonna get lost it's gonna get thrown away um people like lumpy mail because it makes them open it right like when you get like a little package in the mail because you're especially when you're not anticipating it so you're like ooh, what is this so like we will always send um i'll send like a hero's blend or a veteran's blend with an ask for something and i also will have like the formal write-up for it and then i'll have Like a little handwritten thing to show that I really put some time into loving on you, my sweet, sweet donor. Um, Send something lumpy. Uh I mean people gosh, people used to do this with resumes and trying to get jobs. Like if you can send it on like a box of cookies or get something, oh my god, I don't know, get something postmated. And, like put it in some of like those comments. Like make honestly the other thing too, like make it cheesy. Make it corn like people like it sounds so silly, but like people love that stuff. You know what I mean? I, I just if you can send something like edible with it, people love that. Like if it's a cupcake, if it's some if it's some coffee, uh, whatever it is, like if you can send something and get something in their hands that way that they will pay attention to, that's not just like a postcard do that too uh sometimes i also and i'm <laughs> i do this a lot i will stalk certain people on social media like instagram facebook i will attack the shit out of someone's linkedin uh, not creepy in one day but like a slow drip right because i'm trying to put my name in front of like some of their feeds i'm trying to plant a little bit of that seed so that i'm not coming out of nowhere for my ask. Like I'm not a nobody up on the street. Like I'm, I try and send like little, whether they get noticed or not. Sometimes, but I also used to do this with my clients. Again, when I was working in sales, to show that I was still up on them, that I was creating that relationship. I would send them messages when they would post about things for engagements and weddings and kids and big milestones. Like I would still tap in and say, like, hey, like I I see that you've had this going on. Like you've been doing really great work. Like building that relationship. Like this is a constant year round like build this relationship with your donor show them that you love them it will go so much farther I do this to people all the time I try and just put my my name a little bit at the front of their thing just so that your name isn't like a surprise um and then basically let's wrap this up tip number 10 do not get discouraged by the number of no's that you will get when you are donation hunting it's gonna happen especially at this time too I mean businesses are so not in a position to be able to give as donations as easily and freely as they have been the last couple of years even then maybe they just didn't want to whether they could do it whether they were you know not aligning with the values and the missions of your organization whether they were capped out for that year maybe they were just being a common Grinch I don't know but don't get discouraged by the no's because they're so bound to happen. They are bountiful. (laughs) They're everywhere. And it kind of goes back to like that old tale of, uh, you know, you got to kiss a lot of toads before you get to a prince or there's like a a million metaphors I could grab for that. But every time you, you hit a no, awesome, great. It's building you up and you're that much closer for the next yes. And hopefully a bigger yes, a better yes if you've been hopping down the street asking everybody for a five dollar donation you're getting the door slammed in your face repeatedly and repeatedly maybe the next grandma down the corner surprises the hell out of you with a five hundred dollar donation i don't know don't get discouraged you gotta roll with those punches because your dream donor Could be right down the line. And also, I'm just gonna throw this one out there when you don't get discouraged, also don't get mad at them. Because I have seen this happen with other people on both the nonprofit and for profit sides when people have asked for donations and a business or a person will very politely decline and they have a reason. You know, like even uh, I'll give another example here in Door County, uh, you know, where I'm originally from, a lot of places really hit Door County businesses up for a lot of donations because we are a very big tourist attraction of a peninsula, of a town, I guess. And so a lot of people hit those up and a lot of people have put parameters on their donations where they will only give to local other Door County charities because they just, they have to, they have to niche it down at some point because otherwise like you can't say yes to everybody. And I once heard a woman just eviscerate a company that I was working for who lived in like Pennsylvania and she wanted a donation for her like humane society fundraisers or, or something. And I was working in the food service industry. Like they didn't even match up. Okay. Like the ask and the donation didn't match up. The, the company values weren't matching up. The areas didn't match up. And this woman just started screaming on the phone that she like deserved this donation that, uh, you know, she loved that company personally and she spent so much time, uh, Uh, and and money like buying things from them and it was she literally was screaming like how dare you not give me this donation (laughs) and it was like homegirl you just guaranteed that nothing will ever come to you because you now literally are screaming at the staff of this poor company like what who are you no don't get discouraged, but don't get mad. Do not eviscerate people. Do not pull a full on Karen <laughs> on the phone. Um, you know, especially if a certain donation rejection breaks your heart, because I've had my heart broken from people that I wanted to partner with so badly that didn't work out. Um, it just doesn't work out. It's uh if you listen to any of the episodes I did with Sam Provenzano, it's like dating. You know, sometimes you you really are invested in the other person and they aren't in you. Like you got to find a match, not a not a square peg round hole. Totally fits for donors and organizations. So, don't get discouraged, don't get mad. Your dream donor, I promise you, is right around the corner, especially if you um take a lot of these things that I said into consideration. So, On that note, let's wrap this up. Let's do a little recap. So, for our top 10 tips of getting your donor or sponsor, we've got number one, make it all about the donor. Number two, make it a relationship. Number three, get very specific and clear on your ask. Number four, give people a stake in the ground to negotiate. Number five, get very creative about your ask. Number six, be confident but humble. Number seven, get in front of their face whenever possible, but like, don't be creepy about it. Number eight, end the last line of your emails with a strong call to action. Number nine, do not make copycats and stand out any way that you can. And number 10, take the nose like little baby punches and just keep on rolling so that's it pretty easy breezy beautiful if you ask me 10 different ways that you can help uh get some donor relationships going increase the donations that you're bringing in especially on a on a new fundraising scale so i hope this helped and go out there make a difference on your world friends and also if any of these helped Please tag, please share, please rate, review, subscribe, but seriously, share with a friend, share on social. Like if you have made it to the end of this episode, if you can screenshot this, make it your Instagram story, make it on Facebook, tweet at me. I don't care. Uh, I would love to see that you're tuning in, where you're tuning in from. Um, It's so helpful. So please, please, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, Also tag me with like your donation success. That would be so cool to look at. So Awesome. Have a great day, you guys. And thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friends, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.